Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yes, folks, we're back. However, we're a little late tonight. Sorry about that, folks. We had some minor difficulties. Tower 1, 724-444-7044. Call ID number 139926. This is Wrestling Revisited for Tuesday, August the 2nd, 2016, ladies and gentlemen. And this is episode 37, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, however, we got a very exciting moment for you, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one. We're going to tell you about what we think, however, is one of our better moments, however, if you will. It is going to be another time and another place, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one. As we will be telling you tonight, however, our time and place takes you back to the year 1997, ladies and gentlemen. And the event, however, is entitled In Your House 13 Final Four. Of course, it was held on Sunday night, February 16, 1997, however, at the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Of course, it's coming off the Royal Rumble of 1997. We will tell you who was on that uh, memorable show, however, and give you our thoughts in more ways than one. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's tell you what happened. As 6,400 packed into the UTC Arena, as this event was a very, very interesting event in more ways than one. Of course, the opening matchup of the night, of course, was uh, a dark match prior to the show. It pitted the Godwins, if you will, however, the team of uh, Phineas and Henry Godwin, better known to you all as Dennis Knight, a.k.a. Naked Midian, and Mark Cantonbury, if you will, taking on the team of the Headbangers, if you will. In a dark match, however, as a result, the Headbangers, of course, lost this matchup. The Headbangers, better known to you all as Mosh and Thrasher, a.k.a. Charles Warrington and Glenn Ruth, if you will. They were a very unique team, of course, better known also as the Spiders, the Flying Nuns, the Guardians of Truth, or the Sisters of Love, if you will. They have competed pretty much everywhere and then some. As a result, of course, uh, we saw these two guys in the company at the time, of course, uh, back in the day. Of course, one of the two members of uh, the so-called Headbangers was released back in July of 2000. The other one was released the following year, however, in July of 2001. Since then, however, ladies and gentlemen, they have been uh, the brunt of criticism from WWE media. In fact, at one point, some people said, however, that they were not that great of a tag team, however, back in the day. And their attitude, however, both inside and outside of the ring with the fans, however, was uh, somewhat mixed, to say the least, however. And uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say, however, I have to agree. I mean, these guys really didn't entertain me. They weren't very exciting. They weren't very, uh, let's just say, fun in more ways than one. As a result, however, the Godwins took care of them quickly here in the opening matchup of the night. Our first match, meanwhile, however, was interesting, however, and as a result, it pitted Mark Merrow, of course, taking on Leaf Cassidy, better known to you 
as known as Al Snow. Of course, uh, this was at a time when Mark Merrow and uh, his former wife, Rena Merrow, if you will, a.k.a. Sable, started fighting with one another both on and off TV, however, with each other. And as a result, however, Merrow hit his uh, finishing maneuver called the Wild Thing, a.k.a. the Shooting Star Press, if you will, to pick up the win over Leaf Cassidy. However, it wouldn't be until about less than a few months later that we would see Marrow and his wife have some real issues on camera as well as off camera with each other. As a result, Marrow, of course, uh, was supposed to compete originally, however, at WrestleMania 13, which would be held the following month, however. As a result, however, that did not happen. And as a result, the two of them, however, well, let's just say never uh, kind of uh, made it to the big dance, if you will, so to speak. Uh, my thoughts about this matchup was okay. It was fair at best, but again, it could have been and it should have been done just a smidge better, if you ask me. That being said, that's what I thought of the affair overall. Next, of course, we had a unique six-man tag involving the Nation of Domination, the team of Farouk, Crush, and Sabio Vega taking on Goldust, Flash Funk, and Bark Gun, if you will. As a result, Farouk pinned Gun to pick up the win for his team in six and a half minutes. Uh, this match was okay. I mean, Farouk, of course, was not yet coming into his own as a member of the so-called Acolyte Protections Agency. However, the Acolytes Protection Agency, the APA, if you will, but uh, he would team up with the late Brian Adams and, of course, the Caribbean wrestler known as Savio Vega, if you will, uh, better known to you all as the Caribbean Kid at one time, or uh, TNT, if you will. Of course, he made his pro debut in 1986. Of course, he had a brief uh, run with the WWE, however. But, of course, he would leave the WWE, sad to say, however, until, uh, let's see here. He would actually leave the WWE, believe it or not, however, uh, in August of 1999, however. And as a result, however, he would not be returning to the WWE shortly thereafter. And as a result, he would be returning to his home country of Puerto Rico uh, competing in the federation known as the International Wrestling Association. Uh, he also, for a brief time, however, did some work also with Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, a.k.a. TNA, if you will. And let's just tell you some of the uh, accolades that Vega has done over the course of his career. A three-time WWC Puerto Rico Heavyweight Champion, a three-time Universal Heavyweight Champion, and also a three-time Caribbean heavyweight champion, as well as a five-time television champion. So he has done pretty well, let's just say, ever since he left the WWE, let's just say. But overall, again, this matchup I thought could have been and should have been done just a little bit better, if you ask me. Uh, that being said, that's what I thought. Up next, Tower, we had one of the better matches of the evening, Rocky Maivia taking on Triple H. Of course, this was the first meeting between The Rock and Triple H. Of course, Rocky Maivia had won let's just say, the WWE IC title four days before this, however, when he defeated Triple H to win the IC title at the time with him scoring a small package victory on Triple H just four days before on Thursday Raw Thursday, which was a rare occurrence at the time. Of course, that was the same night, of course, we saw Shawn Michaels, of course, uh, well, let's just say, announced to the world that he would not be competing at WrestleMania 13 in a rematch with Bret Hart. Of course, the two fought the year before at WrestleMania 12. 
in the 60-minute Ironman match in Anaheim, and everyone thought we would have seen the rematch, however, between those two go at the following year at WrestleMania, however, in Chicago. Unfortunately, that was not the case. However, it wouldn't be until late 1997 we would see the rematch between Sean and Bret Hart, of course, and we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes, however. But overall, as far as the IC strap goes, however, uh, Triple H and Sean, excuse me, Triple H and The Rock went at it here. As a result, however, uh, Helmsley uh, looked like he was on the verge of victory, however, and coming through in a big way, but unfortunately he came up a little short as once again The Rock was just a little bit quicker and smarter on this night against the game, if you will, and as a result, he hit a bridging German suplex on Triple H to retain the title. However, it wouldn't be until the following night after this show, however, on Monday Night Raw in Nashville, we would see Triple H's new friend and bodyguard, if you will, the artist formerly known as China, make an impact in a big-time way, and we'll tell you more about what she did following this, as well as some of the other things that happened following this uh, memorable uh, house show here in... uh, Chattanooga, if you will, in just a few minutes. But up next, ladies and gentlemen, is our semi-main event of the evening. It is pitting the tag team champions Owen Hart and the British Bulldog against Doug Furness and Phil LaFawn. As a result, however, this was for the tag team titles, and it went ten and a half minutes long. As a result, Furness and LaFawn did win the match here, however, by disqualification, however, uh, unfortunately, that came when uh, Owen decided to hit LaFon with his slammy statue, if you will. As a result, however, the title did not change hands by DQ as a result of this, however, so the titles did remain with Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Uh, my thoughts about this match, this was a pretty good match. Again, Doug Furness and Phil LaFon, a very unique team, of course, back in the day uh, in the WWE, of course, they also went on to bigger and better things in their career shortly after this pay-per-view, of course. Both of them went on to, I believe, compete in ECW. Unfortunately, for Ness, four years ago, uh, sadly, we lost him at the age of 51 due to heart disease. Of course, he competed from 1986 through 2000. Uh, some personal records of his, including uh, the following. At one point, he uh, powerlifted over 825 pounds, bench pressed over 600, and squatted over 985 pounds. So uh, talk about a very strong man, if you will. Of course, these two guys uh, made their WWE debut in early 1997. Unfortunately, however, they would be gone from the company by the latter part of the summer, early fall of 1997, and head back to the company that the year before took them on, however, and gave them a tryout, ECW, if you will. Now, before uh, passing away tragically, of course, Four years ago, of course, Furness uh, was married. Uh, he had a brother, three sisters, numerous nieces and nephews, and was only divorced one time in his life, however, tragically. But uh, he also ran a home for abused boys in San Diego and also raised bucking stock bronco, rodeo bulls in his family's farm, however, there in Tucson, Arizona. Unfortunately, as we said, however, he uh, would... Uh, be gone from us, however, in 2012. Uh, Another thing real quick, he was also at one time the USA heavyweight champion and Tennessee heavyweight champion during his career and uh, was also named uh, Wrestler of the Week back in July of 1987. So he was a very unique individual, let's just say, was Doug Furness. As far as as Phil LaFawn goes, better known as Dan Crawford, Believe it or not, uh, he, of course, now lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Ontario, Canada. 
believe it or not. He has been wrestling since 1983. He stands five foot eleven, two thirty. Uh, the last we heard, however, uh, he was raised in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, of course, and left home at the age of 19 in pursuit of a girl. But uh, the last we heard, he is still involved today as the head trainer of Monster Pro Wrestling. However, six years ago, he returned to the ring to compete with MPW after being in retirement for five-plus years due to nagging knee and shoulder injuries, but is still competing somewhat to this day. Uh, he is going to be 55 years old this year, and it was uh, in Japan where he had a chance to meet Doug Furness, and they began to team up together, and as a result, they became known as the new Can-Am Express, if you will. Also, at one time, one of the other things that we can say that uh, LaFon did during his career, he also was named Most Underrated Wrestler of 1989. He won the UWA, a.k.a. Universal Wrestling Association Tag Team Championship twice with his partner. And he also was an ECW World's Tag Team Champion with Furness. So uh, these guys definitely had a lot of charisma, let's just say, back in the mid to late 90s, however, with the WWE as well as ECW. Uh, as we said, of course, Furness, of course, is no longer around, but Phil LaFon is still around. And as well, these two guys definitely uh, were a pretty unique team, let's just say, in more ways than one. And from there, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our big main event, the Fatal 4-Way, to decide who would become the new WWE World Champion. It involved The Undertaker, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, the artist formerly known as Vader, of course, the rules were simple in this one. In order to be eliminated from the contest, the wrestler had to be physically thrown over the top rope by an opponent. As a result, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin distracting, uh, let's just say, however, uh, let's just say, distracting The Undertaker while Hart clotheslined Undertaker over the top rope to win his fourth WWE Championship. That's right, his fourth WWE Championship. And as a result, Bret the Hitman Hart, however, defeated all four of these guys, however, to become the new WWE champion in 24 minutes. Uh, this match was really good. I just recently saw this match up about, about three months ago, and i got to say, this was one of the better matches of the night. If you want to talk about uh, overall uh, opinion, how I thought it was one of the be- most exciting matches I'd seen at the time, however, so as far as the matchup goes, it was very unique, very uh, noteworthy, if you will, very interesting to say the least, if you will. And as a result, Brett the Hitman Hart once again was on top of the mountain. But the only thing was, how long would he stay? Well, unfortunately, the following night, however, we would see what would happen, however. And it was Stone Cold Steve Austin interfering in Brett the Hitman's first title matchup since getting the belt back 24 hours before against Psycho Sid, a.k.a. Sid Vicious, if you will. And as a result, he cost the Hitman the championship as Sid became a two-time champion, however and uh, denied Brett a chance to uh, retain the championship. As a result, however, Hart was limited owner Vince McMahon because of this in the coming weeks, however, and voiced his anger at him as well as the fans because of what had happened. As a result, however, the Hitman then challenged Austin to a straight-up one-on-one matchup at WrestleMania 13 in a submission match. As a result, however, we saw what happened, however, and as a result, however, uh, the two of them then settled their differences less than a month later in Chicago as these two went at it, referring to Austin and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart in Chicago in a submission match at WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. Uh, meanwhile, however, as far as uh, The Undertaker goes, however, he would begin a chance to take on Sid less than a month later, however, at WrestleMania because of what had happened, however, and as a result, The Undertaker, ladies and gentlemen, yes, folks, The Undertaker, believe it or not, uh, somehow, some way, 
took on Sid at WrestleMania 13 in the main event. That was supposed to be the matchup originally between Brett and, as we mentioned, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels going out one more time. Unfortunately, that would not happen until later on in 1997. As a result, however, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, however, then saw The Undertaker take away his championship, however, after Sid had won it from him less than a month before the night after this pay-per-view power on Raw at WrestleMania 13, and as a result, began to uh, get up in Vince McMahon's face as well as the WWE fans' face themselves and declare a war on the U.S. as a result and uh, just shout obscenities, shout explicitives, if you will, and literally just explode all over everybody and anybody. So there you go. Um, as far as my final overall grade and final uh, rating of this pay-per-view on a scale of 1 to 10, I would have to give this show about a 7 out of 10. I didn't think it was all that bad. I thought it was pretty good uh, in doses. I thought the best match of the night, no question about it, was the main event. That Fatal 4-Way was fantastic. As far as the lackluster match of the night or the boring match of the night, I would have to say the Nation of Domination matchup was really not that great, if you ask me. I thought it could have been a lot better. It's done a little too short. And overall, I just thought it could have been a little bit better, if you ask me. So that being said, that's what I have to say about that. Uh, let's give you the number again, ladies and gentlemen. one 444 Caller ID number 139926. Of course, I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGiolamo, of course, the host of our radio. We were supposed to have Gerard T. Smith King and to join us tonight, but uh, due to a circumstance beyond our control, he is not with us this evening, so Gerard will hopefully back, be back with us in a little bit here. Of course, coming up here in about 45 minutes, we will be having you a revolution, if you will, as we are less than a week away from celebrating our big 200 episode in more ways than one. One week from tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, one week from tonight, we'll be celebrating 200 on Revolution, but tonight on episode number 195, which will be coming up here in about 45 minutes, we will be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw in Atlanta, Georgia, if you will. A very, very interesting show, to say the least, last night. Of course, if you did not get a chance to watch it, shame on you. Um, the ratings as far as Raw goes, however, last night have already been posted, and we understand that last night's show after last week's Pretty good show in Pittsburgh, which I was at last Monday night, however, and it was a really good show, which they did, 2.4. Kind of went backwards this week as they dipped down to a 2.3. Um, my thoughts about last night's Raw, and I'll gonna tell you my thoughts right now. Um, overall, last night, I thought it was a pretty good show for the most part in doses. Um, I thought they had a pretty good main event involving Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn. I thought it was one of the better matches of the evening. Um, I was a little disappointed, obviously, that Sammy did not beat Seth Rollins. Of course, Seth will be taking on Finn Balor, as you know, for the Universal World Championship coming up in three weeks in Brooklyn at SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen, in Brooklyn, New York, at the Barclays Center. Uh, that should be a great match, if you ask me, between the former NXT champion, two former NXT champions, I should say. Of course, Seth Rollins, the first ever NXT World Champion, who won it back in the day, however, in 2012, I believe, or 2013 taking on the longest-term champion who just uh, dropped his belt less than three months ago in the form of the demon himself, Finn Balor. Of course, Finn Balor last Monday night. Talk about a debut and a great birthday celebration all in one. Uh, he last night, of course, did not compete on Raw, unfortunately, but uh, he did have some things to say to the former NXT world champion, the first-ever world champion, I should say, the architect, Seth Rollins. I thought those two last night the way they were bantering back and forth. I think it was one of the highlights of the night. I thought it was a pretty good uh, segment, if you ask me. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, obviously, coming up next Monday night when these two get it on once more. However, I'm sure 
in Anaheim, California. It's next Monday night. Raw will be heading out to the West Coast, if you will, in Anaheim, California, if you will, at the legendary Honda Center, a.k.a. formerly the Arrowhead Pond. As you know, uh, Sean Puff Daddy Combs, if you did not hear already, will be the special guest host next Monday night on Raw, so it should be a very interesting night there. Um, another thing that was very interesting last night, I thought, and we'll be talking more about this here on the Revolution Show here in just a little bit, is the opening matchup of the night involving Enzo More and the women's champion, the boss, from Boston, Sasha Banks, taking on Chris Jericho and the former women's champion, Charlotte Flair. Um, my thoughts about that match, again, like the main event, I thought was good. It was decent in doses. I know some people might agree with me. Some people disagree with me. You're entitled to your opinion. But, uh, yeah, um, overall, I thought it was a decent, okay match. Uh, the only thing I did not like about it, though, was the end when Dana Brooke came down. Charlotte Flair's new BFF buddy, if you will, tried to interfere and uh, help them beat Enzo and Sasha, and then what she did. And I know one of our uh, own panelist members here on the uh, show, uh, the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lynn Dodds, if you will, have a lot to say. And, of course, all of us will have a lot to say about this tonight. But uh, Michelle especially will have a lot to say about this, I'm sure. Um, overall, like I said, I thought it was a pretty good match. But, again, I am just sick to death. And I've said this so many times on all of our shows, including this one. I am sick to death of Dana Brooke sticking her big, fat nose in Charlotte Flair's business and helping her at every opportunity. I mean, she is the biggest, most hypocritical, idiotic diva on the entire roster right now. She really is. She has no talent. She can't speak. She can't even wrestle. And yet, she's attached to Charlotte Flair like a little lap dog. And every week, it seems like no matter what, whether it be Raw, SmackDown, house shows, whatever, she's always finding a way to help her little buddy find a way to either get through by the skin of her teeth or somehow pull one out of her you-know-what. And last night, she definitely pulled something out of her her you-know-what, if you ask me. I think, personally, I think that was crap last night that that happened, and that was absolutely BS the way it went down towards the end, if you ask me. But I can tell you right now, and I said this before, and I'll say it again, I think in time how our Dana Brooke is going to get what's coming to her. I don't care if it's through Sasha Banks. I don't care if it's through Bailey. I don't care if it's even through freaking even Becky Lynch, my girl, the uh, Irish last kicker. Someone's going to put Dana Brooke in her place and make it stick because I am tired of seeing time and time and time and time again Dana Brooke find a way to help little Charlotte Flair. Can't fight on her own, however, mind you, even though last week she did kind of do that, however, until the referee saw uh, Dana Brooke try to help uh, Charlotte Harbour, tossing her out of the ring and heading to the back, if you will, that she's going to get something coming to her. And like I said, I think Dana Brooke is going to get something coming to her very, very soon. Um, some of the other key points of last night's show, um, the whole thing involving uh, Ryback and Roman Reigns, I'm going to touch upon that for a couple seconds real quick, and then I'm going to touch upon one or two other things real quick. Um, the Roman Reigns thing involving Rusev after Rusev defeated the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, and so I thought Mark Henry was going to give it a good effort, however, against the... Bulgarian brute, if you will, Rusev, who just got married over the last week with his lovely fiance, now wife, Lana, was okay. Um, but as far as Roman Reigns coming out and sticking his nose into the U.S. champion's business, I mean, to quote The Miz of WWE, really? Really? Do we need Roman Reigns to come out and basically stick his nose where it didn't belong as well and getting himself involved with Rusev? 
I mean, I understand they're trying to do some work with Roman Reigns still in some capacity. But to have him involved in a feud with Rusev for the U.S. title possibly, and there's some talk right now that these two could be going at maybe either next week on Raw or maybe at SummerSlam. I mean, I mean that's just ridiculous if you ask me. I just have a feeling that it's just absolutely, in a word, asinine to say the least. I don't think Roman Reigns has a snowball's chance in, you know what, of beating the Bulgarian Bruce, much as I don't like Rusev. But uh, to have him involved with Rusev's business, I think that was absolutely ridiculous. I think it was stupid. I think it was moronic. I think it was just absolutely not worth it, if you ask me. So, overall, I just thought it was a little questionable that Roman Reigns would do something like that last night. Uh, But the big thing last night that we're going to talk about, and I know uh, the Black Widow is definitely waiting to hear my take on this. I'll definitely say my opinion here now, and I'm definitely going to share my same opinion here and just a little bit on Revolution involving... uh, her two men, the Viper, Randy Orton, and the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Uh, you talk about making a big knockout blow cyclone spin early, however. I mean, last night we had Paul Heyman and the Beast come out in front of a pretty raucous crowd or a fairly decent crowd in Atlanta and address the matter at hand. But then what happens? Who shows up unexpectedly but the Viper himself, Randy Orton, just when it looked like... Uh, Things were going swimmingly for both Mr. Heyman and Mr. Lesnar, if you will. Who comes in but the snake himself? Yes, Randall Keith Orton himself. And I'm not saying this to be mean, but Randy Orton definitely slithered his way into Monday Night Raw last night from SmackDown. And just when it looked like he was ready to uh, strike, in which Paul Heyman said, no one could lay out my beast or no one can touch my beast, Randy struck in a big way with the uh, RKO, if you will. As a result, Howard, this infuriated the Beast. We understand this absolutely irated the Beast, along with his manager, to say the least, along with GM Stephanie McMahon and McFoley. Of course, they were yelling and screaming for security to get out there right away and uh, take care of the matter. But uh, Randy Keith Orton, however, was sort of like Diamond Dallas Page last night. He came in, he did his damage, and went right back out through the crowd, but no one saw him earlier in the night, Howard, whatsoever. And let's just say make an impact. Um, as you know, tonight SmackDown is going on right now in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, I understand tonight, according to reports all day long, that uh, I've been hearing that The Beast and Paul Heyman are absolutely livid, as is Stephanie McMahon and uh, Mick Foley after what happened last night. I can only imagine what's going to happen tonight. But uh, there is an F5 warning being posted right now in Knoxville, Tennessee, as well as everyone else right now, because I think right now the Beast is more than irate after last night. I mean, if I'm him, if I'm Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, I'd be seething too. I mean, last night they had a chance to get their point across, it seemed like, but unfortunately Randy Keith Orton decided to uh, change all of that, if you will. He decided to, uh, well, shift the game, so to speak, however, by laying out the so-called Dragon Slayer himself, Brock Lesnar. Um, as a result, we understand that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman have been seen in the streets of Knoxville today, and uh, we understand that they are absolutely livid, to say the least, however. And uh, as a result, however, it was very interesting, however, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. Obviously on SmackDown, we understand that uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens, mind you, but like I said, who knows what we're going to see tonight. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting, to say the least, uh, there. But uh, that being said, of course, a uh, very interesting night last night there in Atlanta. Uh, also, speaking of Knoxville, we understand that tonight, however, that the WWE has 
announced that they've got a couple surprises in store for the SmackDown audience, including possibly two new belts. Maybe. We're not sure what kind of belts they are yet, but they are supposed to be announcing two new belts maybe tonight on SmackDown, let's just say. Also, ladies and gentlemen, they will be uh, having the debut of Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, a.k.a. American Alpha, formerly of NXT, make their SmackDown debut. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we understand that Kurt Hawkins, yes, folks, Kurt Hawkins, formerly of Hawkins and Ryder back in the day, if you will, will be returning to the WWE tonight, possibly along with the Man Beast from Detroit, Rhino, as uh, they will be in competition. I'm not sure either against each other or against some of the other superstars of SmackDown. Of course, last night, as you know, Jinder Mahal, the former 3MB member, took on his former bandmate Heath Slater last night in a quick match that to decide who would be the next addition to the Raw roster. Of course, a few weeks ago, Heath Slater was not picked by either brand Raw or SmackDown to let his voice and anger know on social media. And, well, last night on Raw, however, Mick Foley, along with Stephanie McMahon, told the two of them, Howard, that uh, in order to get recognized on either brand's roster, they would have to fight it out. As a result, Jinder Mahal took matters in his hands, let's just say, last night, and laid out his former 3MB mate, if you will, with a quick kick to the jaw and knocking him out. As a result, uh, he beat him in less than 15 seconds, which I thought was absolutely a crock of crap and absolutely one of the worst matches of the night, if not one of the worst segments of the entire evening. Uh, if you ask me. So uh, that being said, uh, tonight we understand that uh, Kurt Hawkins will be returning to the roster tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as a result, however, we will see what happens tonight. We understand that, as we said, Kurt Hawkins will be returning to the roster tonight, along with the Man Beast formerly of ECW and NXT, if you will. The uh, lovely, uh, I wouldn't say lovely, but the Man Beast of Field 2.0, however, no, I'm not talking about Brock Lesnar, however, although he is the Dragon Slayer, however, and that's what I'm calling him right now, the Dragon Slayer. Um, it would have to be the other beast, if you will, and that is the artist known as Rhino. Uh, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens tonight when he uh, shows up there in uh, Nashville, if you will. So, uh, SmackDown is going to be shaped up to be an interesting show tonight, of course. Who knows what we got surprised. We also have heard that AJ Styles might have a surprise for John Cena as well. So, yeah, tonight is going to be a wild night on SmackDown. Of course, it's going on right now in the USA Network. They're live in the Bridgestone Arena in Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Of course, we will uh, keep an eye on this story. And if we hear anything else before we go on here in just a little bit of revolution, we will definitely pass the word along to you. Um, again, I want to extend my deepest, humblest apologies to you all tonight. We were supposed to have Gerard T. Smith here joining us, but due to a uh, circumstance beyond our control and uh, because we had some technical issues here earlier in the evening, we're starting a little later than usual tonight. We're very sorry about that, but we're glad you could join us here. one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. 444 Caller ID number one three nine nine two six pound in the number one. You can talk to us right now. Uh, coming up in about 35 minutes, we will be on with Revolution. We should have a great show tonight, and who knows what we're going to be discussing about besides Raw tonight. I'm sure we'll discuss more about SummerSlam. We might have some fancy matchups for you. We might also have some other things in store, if not fancy matchups, but we promise to give you a great show tonight. Of course, don't forget, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we got a triple stack Wednesday live for you on the show beginning at 6 30. Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, myself, and Gerard T. Smith will take you outside the ropes, if you will, the latest music, movies, and entertainment news. 143087 beginning at 6 30 p.m. Of course, that should be a very interesting show, and that will be getting underway at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night. 
Then at 8 o'clock, Mr. and Mrs. Madness, along with the Iceman, yours truly, will be back in the saddle again at 8 o'clock with the Wrestling Debate, 139925-pound. And then, of course, Revolution will be on at 9 o'clock, 138055-pound. So definitely uh, check out our shows tomorrow night. It should be a great, great Wednesday. Of course, we're looking forward to hearing from you what you have to say. And, of course, the chat box will be open on all those shows. And most of our shows, our chat box is sometimes open when we're on the air. And then, of course, this Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with another installment of Wolfpack Radio. It began at 9 o'clock. Caller ID number 138521, pound. And then on Friday, we'll wrap up the week with another edition of Revolution 138055-pound before we get into the weekend. And on Saturday, folks, ladies and gentlemen, we have a double-dip view lined up for Saturday. Starting off first at 1 o'clock with the Power Hour, Mr. W. So, Chad Inshaw and myself will be back on the saddle again one more time this Saturday, beginning at 1 p.m., 141364-pound. We will be taking a look at the past week's shows and also giving you our thoughts and opinions of the past week. And then on Saturday night at 9 o'clock, join Gerard T. Smith and the Black Widow, Michelle Lindodds, the Dan Aykroyd and the John Belushi, the John Candy, Steve Martin of uh, Saturday Night Live, if you will, 138982-pound with Attitude Radio. Of course, they'll be talking about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, TNA, also maybe some SummerSlam news they might give us some updates on. And they'll also preview what should be a very exciting edition of Raw Radio and also take a look back at this past week's Raw Radio episode. Of course, coming up this next Monday, we'll be celebrating our 55th episode. If you will, yes, folks, the big 5-5 five, five double nickel, if you will, this coming Monday, however, August 8th. That should be a great show. They'll give you an early taste of that coming up this Saturday night, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, yesterday, folks, it was a very, very interesting show there on Raw Radio. You can go back and listen to the archives on all of our shows on TalkShoe.com. All you got to do is punch in the numbers, 138744 for Raw Radio, 139926 for this one, 139925 for the debate, 141364 for Power Hour 1. Three eight nine eight two for Attitude Radio, one four three zero eight seven for Outside the Ropes. So definitely check out all of our shows. We encourage you to keep listening and uh, just giving your thoughts and uh, whatnot. And of course, you can always call us. However, at our number one seven two four 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 seventy forty four caller ID number one three nine nine two six pound. Um, before we go, folks, however, and I know we're going to kind of try to cut this short here tonight. I hate to do this, but I'm, we're going to try to cut it a little short tonight. Sorry to say, however, uh, we will be, uh, we, I'm going to express to my, uh, main radio colleague, Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw on this. However, uh, sat, so this past Sunday night, uh, we had a very, very special show on, uh, Wrestling Revisited, if you will, and you can go back and listen to that, however, in which we talked about the untimely passing of a true legend and a true icon, if you will, the hot Scott himself, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Um, this past week was uh, the one-year anniversary of the untimely passing of the hot Scott, and uh, we definitely had a lot of opinions and a lot of memories and stories to talk about, so... I just want to say, however, to Chad, uh, personally, Mr. W. Chad Hinshaw, that it was one of the better shows we had on the revisited show. It was a little emotional, definitely a Sunday night, as was the case a year ago when we first heard the news about Roddy Piper. But I just want to thank him personally for uh, putting that show together. It was a very, very touching show and a very unique show the other night. Also, I want to thank him for letting me have my good friend, Mr. Greg H. from Indiana, come on the line for a little bit and share with him, us some of his stories about Piper as well. So, Chad, thank you, thank you, thank you for putting that show together, but also thank you for letting my friend Greg H. come in for a little bit and joining the show and share with us his memories of Roddy Piper as well as our memories of Roddy Piper the other night as well. 
Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cut on out of here right now. However, I know uh, we started late, however, but uh, we hope to be back in the saddle again next uh, Tuesday night. We'll be back here in just a little while with Wrestling Revolution again. 1-724-444-7044. Call ID number 138055-POUND beginning at 9 o'clock. We will be back on the air with your wrestling news and notes. Of course, we also have... um, your dates and birthdays as well from the human suplex machine, John Gross. And then we'll start talking about Raw as well from last night's show. But uh, next week, folks, we hope to be back in the saddle in our normal time, however, with the Doc Brown as well as the Marty McFly of this uh, Tuesday night retro time machine show as the Iceman and King NWO Gerard T. Smith will be hosting another great moment. We hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. We hope you uh, learned something from us and more. So with that being said, right now we're going to cut on out of here a little early. We will talk to you soon. Have a great rest of the night, everyone. And as always, have a great night. God bless, and see you soon, everyone. Good night, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.